Man, what's going on here on these streets? This is your boy DJ94 back with another episode, and that's promised. We're doing this back to back to back to back to back episode today that I'm looking to drop at some point today, so just look for that. I already did an earlier episode on the NFC South behind. I think that's going to stack up, so definitely check that one out because it's going to be pretty interesting. My, my take on the three dominant teams in the NFC division last year and who I think is going to prevail might shock you and might disappoint you, might boo me, might do whatever. But enough of that, that football talk for right now because I'm going to come back with the AFC South later on. Let's talk about the basketball. As I promised you guys last week, I told you guys I was going to come back with a NBA Western Conference prediction, who is in the playoffs and who is not. And with the addition of LeBron James coming to the L.A. Lakers, with the, with the addition of Kawhi Leonard leaving the San Antonio Spurs in return for DeMar DeRozan, who's now a San Antonio Spur. And we have IT now, Isaiah Thomas, that is a member of the Denver Nuggets, making that team pretty interesting this year. Well, who is my top eight? Who is in the bubble this year? We're going to find out right after this break. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. It's your boy, DJ94. Stay with me. Man, what's going on, Talk That Ish family and podcast family, anchor family, whatever you're watching from or listening to family. This is your boy, DJ94, better known as David Johnson. Hey, just plugging this bug in your ear. If you like what I'm doing or you appreciate and want to get me to know me personally or off the anchor, please follow my Instagram at underscore underscore DJ94. Again, that's underscore underscore DJ94 underscore underscore and reach out to me. Let me know what I can do further to the show. Or you can leave me a message here on my homepage about your opinion and what you think of the show. Otherwise, stay tuned and enjoy the show. What's going on? We're back. This is your boy, DJ94, with... Another episode of Talk That Ish, and today we are talking about the Western Conference Finals, my predictions for the 2018-2019 season, and how I think things will stack with the additions of LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan, and the big move, blockbuster move that have mixed emotions around the NBA with DeMarcus Cousins moving on to the Golden State Warriors. Now... I want to take this point. I want to jump right into it and reflect where we were last year, the 2017-2018 season with the standing. So your your defending first seed that coming back off this year was the Houston Rockets at 65 and 17. The Golden State Warriors were at 58 and 24. The Portland Trailblazers were at 49 and 33. The Oklahoma City Thunder were at 48 and 34. The Utah Jazz were at 48 and 34. The New Orleans Pelicans were at 48-34. San Antonio were at 47-35. And your eighth and final seed last year was the Minnesota Timberwolves at 47-35 with the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers on the outside with 46 and 42 wins on the season. Now, last year, coming into this year, you had pretty much this on paper quality wise from... You know, one and two were no-brainers because you knew Houston after a while, after we saw what they could do, how much depth they had, they were going to be competing for that one spot with uh, Golden State. Golden State had some injuries last year with Steph Curry and 
uh, uh, Draymond Green, even at one point KD being out of your lineup, and kind of for a little bit caused us to be like, well, can this team sustain through the playoffs this year? They, the Golden State finally falls, and and obviously they just ran through the, the uh, playoffs, and they were able to capture a championship out of it. Now my story. So the the teams that I think were all the same, if not close on paper in terms of talent and production and uh, to me, it's a coin toss would be from Portland to New Orleans, which was your third through sixth seed, because they were about one went apart and you had a three way tie between four, five and six last year in the um, Western Conference. That's how close the uh, conference was outside of Golden State and Houston. They were one game apart, which means that this conference is really night in, night out. You got to earn these games. Um, and, 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 you know, for those people, and even me, I'm a LeBron James fan, but for those people that are saying he's going to come in and win 54 to games and be an MVP talk, maybe MVP talk, but I don't see him winning 54 games in this conference because LeBron's not going to, you're not going to see LeBron ever play 82 games again. He's getting older. He's another year older. He'll be 34 this year. He's been in the league since he was, you know, a teenager down there. And, you know, that's a lot of mileage on your body. And that's not to say disrespect LeBron James or say that he's not going to put up numbers. He's not going to, you know, have some moments with the Lakers. He's not going to struggle, which I expect him to. But, um, you know, as as his former teammate said, you know, you get ego check when you're with uh, LeBron James because LeBron James expects excellence from his players. And now he's taking on a, a different challenge, which I respect with coming to a Laker team that has one, one and two year players and trying to turn them into con- playoff contenders, not championship contenders, because clearly I think that Houston, um, Golden State, and even to an extent, I think it's a debate whether you want to debate this or not. But with the addition of uh, of my man from Atlanta, it'll come to me in a second. Um, Schroeder, with the, with the addition of Schroeder. To OKC, I like the, what they have on the bench and coming off the bench as your sixth man. I think that's going to probably separate OKC and the Los Angeles Lakers, depending on the development of Ingram and Kuzma this year and what they can do for that organization. So here's my top eight, and here's how I have everything stacking up. And we're going to start with the eighth seed. And I'm going to work my way up, and I'm going to give you some insight about why I think that this is going to happen. And uh, I'm going to tell you. Um, as a whole, what you know, why I have some of these teams out. So your top eight last year. So let's remember that last year Denver was only a game away from being in the playoffs. I think this year Denver will be your eighth seed. I think Minnesota is going to be bumped out. The reason why I think Minnesota is not going to be in the playoffs this upcoming year is because this team is falling apart at the hymns. Uh, there's a lot of trade rumors going around that Jimmy Butler does not want to be there. Um, he could not get along with Carl Anthony Towns and. Um, the uh, the other kid that's there because they're just not hard workers and that's not he's not the only face that has said that uh, said this on numerous occasions. Um, these guys are talented, but they don't know how to put in the work to get to the uh, to the to the next fold. And I think that since there are rumors circulating around that the New York Knicks could possibly be in contention for Jimmy Butler, the Brooklyn Nets are trying to go after Jimmy Butler. Everybody's trying to go after Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving in 2019 since their contracts are expiring this year with their respective teams at Boston and and, uh, with the Timberwolves in Minnesota. I think that 
you know, this team ultimately is going to fall flat because of the chemistry. The chemistry won't be there with a strong West this year. You cannot ill afford to be together. I think they're going to be split. I have the Minnesota Timberwolves being around 43 to 45 wins next year. They're going to lose a couple games that they don't need to be losing. They're going to have some uh, block. Uh, they're going to have some uh, failed efforts because this team has always been talented. But when it comes to protecting leads, when it comes to discipline down the stretch, this team does not have it yet. And when you have a your, your two stars, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, uh, kind of button heads at each other's work ethic and their ability to show it on the court. And you have a coach that doesn't quite know how to get that under control. I think that's going to ultimately boot them out the playoffs next year. And I think they're going to be between a 40 and 43 win team, which is not going to get it done in the, in the dominant Western Conference. So I do have Denver in, in the playoffs as your AC because with the addition of Isaiah Thomas and you have a healthy and a younger bench coming back with Jokic and those guys. Um, I think that that Isaiah Thomas is gonna is gonna prove people wrong. The reason being is because he's gonna be healthy. You talk about last year; he was just coming off an injury. He didn't have surgery. He just couldn't he couldn't get it together in this play. I'm not saying he's gonna be Boston Isaiah Thomas, but I do think Isaiah Thomas is still capable of averaging between 18 and 20 points. And though he is a discrepancy on defense, I mean you can hide him enough with your with the big with the big guys that they have in Denver and the team and the, and the camaraderie ship that they play in Denver. So I think because of that, they're gonna be about a 47 to 48 win team, perhaps. And that's gonna be enough to get them in the playoffs. I think 48 wins is gonna be your cutoff next year in the Western Conference Finals because you have so many good teams and so many good players um i think denver edges uh past the clippers who will be the uh outside on the outside looking in just because they don't have a star yet um i think they're going to be in the mix in the conversation i think they'll even be you know head and head with minnesota a little bit but i still think minnesota is nine i think the clippers will still be in that 10th spot on the outside looking in and i think everybody else sack dallas memphis and phoenix there'll be a couple more wins better they might be a um a few a few uh, losses, uh, better improvement, but I don't think they're there yet in terms of the talent they do have. I do think Phoenix won't be at the bottom of the chart this year at 21 and 61. I think they do improve maybe to about 38 wins, but that's still not going to be enough. And you got to keep an eye on Devin Booker because he says he wants to win. So I think if the Phoenix Suns make a trade maybe and they get another star, potential star with some pieces that they are going to have to probably let go, I think this team could be better. But even with Ariza, I think this is this is a team that still has is, is about one or two years away. I still have them in the mix. They might have make some noise earlier in the season, but 38 wins is their cap for me. I think that's what they can get to. Devin Booker can't do it by himself. Ariza is a great defender, but an inconsistent three-point shooter. And uh, the, the youngins still got a lot to prove. I don't know about their first-round pick. Um, that they recently picked up. I think he's solid, but he's he's definitely going to have to be a, a, a project for the coaching staff. And I think he's about a one-year project for them. I think he's going to have shades of uh, maybe a young Shaq. Not to be disrespectful to Shaq, but if he's half of what Shaq is, I think that that's a win for the uh, for the Philadelphia. Excuse me, for the Phoenix Suns. But the thing is, this is a league that's not dependent on centers uh, unless they can shoot from beyond the uh, post. So if uh, DeAndre Ayton cannot uh, give you some uh, production outside the post uh, consistently, which he shows some skirt, some uh, some potential to do in college. But if he can't shoot consistently in the NBA, then I think that the Phoenix Suns will be right in the situation that they were in last year. 
Okay, so I have, like I said, I have Denver being your eighth seed. Your seventh seed next year is going to be for me, and I, I have to I have to be really. This is really a tough call for me, and what I think they will be, because I think ultimately one of these teams is going to kind of drop off from next year. But I think that the that the Portland Trail Blazers will be your seventh seed. I'm going to tell you why. They did not improve anything uh, from this offseason. Essentially, they're bringing back that same exact team, um, maybe a young player here and there that's not ready to be on the court. But I think because of all the noise with um, Dame, Damian Lillard thinking about leaving or thinking about being in a better situation because of how stagnant they've been in the playoffs, I think that's ultimately going to wear and tear over the team. And then CJ McCollum's mouth kind of got him in trouble in the offseason. So I think... You know, this this team is gonna suffer some more losses than usual they usually have. Last year they won forty nine they went forty nine and thirty three. They were not great on the road. They were twenty one and twenty overall. They just looked like a team that could not get it together, that looked like they didn't even belong uh in the playoffs, uh in contention for a playoffs at some point against some lackluster teams. I think they'll be a, a little bit, you know, probably around the same area for about forty six to forty nine wins. That won't quite be enough because I think there'll be some more 51 teams, about at least three or four 51 teams in the West this year. So I think 49, you know, I think I have them at 47 wins, maybe 49 at the cap. I think if they hit 47, they're definitely going to be a a 48 or 49. They're definitely going to be a seven seed this year um, because of that. And I think ultimately that's going to be the reason why I think um, this team doesn't quite get to the top tier as they were last year. I think they were fortunate because OKC, Utah, and New Orleans were around the same place. San Antonio were around the same place. Minnesota were around the same place. And they took so many early losses that Portland was able to kind of come through in the second half of the season. Still some places, win some important games. But I just don't think they're going to be the same team because here's the thing. Nurkic is just not that guy for them. Uh, I think that because of his production as a Ford and how he wasn't really as they panned out to be, he disappears sometimes. The backcourt usually has to carry and, and go explode. And you don't have the best defensive guards and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum when it comes to the Steph Curry's and the uh, um, excuse me the Kevin Durant of the world to guard them. So now you leave it up to uh, to Nurkic, who can who's very limited defensively. He can guard some positions, but other positions like KD spot in the small forward and the power forward. Certain power forwards can dominate him. And with the addition of a Boogie Cousins, even if Boogie Cousins is half of what he was last year. Um, or a year ago before when he played, um, this team is definitely not going to be in the playoff talk too long. But I do have them being the seventh seed at about 48 wins from last year. I think that the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they're going to sit at the sixth spot next year. They're going to be your sixth seed. Um, I didn't. I think that because they found something uh, with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with, um, you know, their lineup that they have, uh, and what they were able to find, but here's the thing, though, you don't you don't lose a guy like Rondo, you don't lose a guy like Demarcus Cousins, and we say that you're a top tier Western Conference team. Uh, yes, they still have Drew Holiday. Yes, they still have the Brow. Uh, yes, they still have uh, my guy from Chicago. What's his name? Ah, uh, God, um, Mirtich. Ah, oh, God, they have these these foreign folks. They have some weird names, but. You still got him. He's a hell of a defender. But the thing is, you don't have much depth out of that. The additions of Noel and, um, excuse me, uh, God, what's my guy? Shoot. Um, 
sorry, I'm, I got, I'm holding my phone right in front of me, so I'm trying to uh, pull up the roster. It'll come to me in a second. Um, who they just acquired from the L.A. Lakers. If my Wi-Fi will cooperate with me. So what is going on? So they acquired him in the offseason. I still don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Ingram. Ingram. The addition of Ingram. Uh, I think is is going to be huge, a huge asset. No, uh, New Orleans is no, no, New Orleans is a good pickup for them as well. Um, I just don't see, I just don't see it gelling enough because with it, you know, you had a, a good system. I think Drew Holiday is a great underrated point guard, but the problem is he had Rondo to bottom, to to kind of show the one flaw as a point guard that that he has still in his game. And that's the ability to pass, know when to score and know when to, uh, know when to kind of dial off a little bit and not, um, not really go after it. So I think because of that, um, this team is going to have some early struggles again. I think you're going to, but they will pick it up. And I think they, they do have enough to win 49 games next year. Uh, that's just a slight, I mean, that's actually a slight improvement for this team uh, compared to where I had them at last year. Um, so it's not really an insult or a slap in the face saying that these guys are going to be awful. But I do think that the New Orleans Pelicans are maybe a game better at most because they have the brow, they have, uh, you know, um, Drew Holiday, and you have some pieces to go. But it's all going to be predicated on if the brow can stay healthy, A, and if Drew Holiday can stay in your lineup because both are very injury prone. And if they are go down, I think this team has a, ch- has a chance of going out of the of contention. But I do have them at the sixth spot um, as your sixth seed coming into this year. Um, seeing what this team can do, they're gonna make some noise. I think they can. They're a 49 win team, um, but you're definitely gonna have some. You definitely have a liability uh, with a guy like um, Anthony Davis because you don't know if he's gonna be stay healthy. In my opinion, I think if in a couple of years he's gonna surpass LeBron as the best player in the world, but ultimately that's gonna be predicated on his health and what he can bring to the team and. Uh, him being able to stay in the lineup healthy with him being like six eleven to seven feet those guys are very injury prone I me mean, as kevin durant who's had several uh, surgeries to his foot and uh demarcus cousins as christoph porzingis g- guys like that who have had continuous um injuries that have been that have had that have happened in their career. So I think if Anthony Davis can give you production for 60 games healthy, um, I think this team can possibly win 49 of those games because Anthony Davis is a hell of a player. And I think that Drew Holiday, a playoff Drew Holiday is really impressive. But I think with them losing Rondo, um, them losing DeMarcus Cousins, this team did take kind of a step back and how much of a threat they can be in the playoffs. So I do think that they, they'll be lucky if they get out of the first round. Um, but I don't see that quite happening. I see them going home and being a first-round exit team because they lost too many big pieces in the offseason. You weren't able to keep um, DeMarcus Cousins because I don't think him and Anthony Davis, something happened between him and Anthony Davis, and we don't quite know what happened. I mean, Anthony Davis said we're good without him. DeMarcus Cousins says they didn't even want him. So something's going to surface eventually for us basketball fans to understand why Anthony Davis did not want DeMarcus Cousins to come back as a New Orleans Pelicans. And something, I think something will be explained from Anthony's side or the organization side eventually, explaining why 
uh, you know, they let the, they let Golden State come in and get this guy for five million dollars and ultimately uh, screwed the pooch on resigning him. I think they did offer him a contract for 40 million. But I think because DeMarcus Cousin uh, sees himself still as a as a um, as a max player, which he does because he's one of the best centers in the uh, in the league. I think ultimately that's why he left and he ultimately went to another uh, uh, another division in the Golden State Warriors because uh, he's trying to audition for that max contract. But it's just hard because with an Achilles injury and the fact that he's a big guy, uh, it's very unattractive to try to sign a guy of that magnitude. So I do see the New Orleans Pelicans being the sixth, uh, sixth seed next year um, as a whole. I think the fifth seed next year at 50 wins will be the Utah Jazz. I think the Utah Jazz have improved some with the addition of of uh, my guy from Duke, and also you still have Mitchell and the crew, and I think those guys are going to prove to be very devastating in the in the Western Conference Finals. I think that uh, Mitchell is going to take another step in his career and be in contention for the most improved player next year. I think you're going to see him average about 21 to 23 points, maybe about like five or six assists, and maybe a handful of rebounds, maybe five or six rebounds, which is a pretty good, a pretty good stat line. I think he's gonna be on the levels of Oladipo and those guys, uh, how they were last year. I think that's what Dame, uh, Mitchell can be. I think that the Utah Jazz have a chance to get to the second round this year, but because of the fact you do have the Houston Rockets, you do have the OKC Thunder. Believe it or not, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think they are a different team with PG. And now that you have Schroeder in the lineup, I think these guys have enough talent on paper to surpass. Utah Jazz uh, in the in the in the uh, playoffs if these guys were to meet again, um, I think that Westbrook will play a lot more smarter and pass the ball to more capable guys, and I think that Stephen Adams and, and um, Ro- Robinson, their best defender, who was out last year, and people forget Robinson could could um, could have been on Mitchell, and I think that that would have made the you know decision of that um, excuse me of that uh, that that contest last year between these two teams a lot more interesting and that's not to say that people like Gobert um Mitchell um god who else they have um I know I missed some of that uh the Australian guy forget I forget what he is uh but Axum all those guys that had to that's not uh you know a demotion to them but ultimately I think Robinson being out was a big hit for this team um and the addition of Robinson coming back and Schroeder is going to make the OKC Thunder a lot dangerous this year than they ever been since uh, KD has left this team. So I think the Jazz will be sitting in the uh, sitting in the fifth spot next year. Uh, they'll be kind of battling the Lakers a lot for the, between the fifth and the fourth seed. But I think that that ultimately the Jazz are going to fall to five um, next year. Um, and they'll be probably about a 50-win team next year um, because I think that that um, Mitchell's going to improve. I think that that's going to help that team a lot if he improves and becomes the player that they that you know everybody knows that it can be. So they're going to have the record they had about two years ago with Gordon Hayward, and I think that's a huge, huge plus for that team. And I mean, it's a coin toss whether they can make it to the second round because they can compete with anybody, and they're very dangerous at home, um, as you know they had. Probably one of the more impressive win, uh, winning streaks at home um, for the Utah Jazz. In the fourth spot, I have your Los Angeles Lakers as the fourth team. And I think that's pretty good for 
a LeBron-led team. That would be really impressive. I have these guys being about a 51-52 win team. I'm not giving LeBron 53-54 because I think that you look at their early schedule, they come out against Portland. I think early on, you're going to see some losses piled up for the Los Angeles Lakers because they ultimately have to figure out how they're going to play with all these playmakers. You have Rondo, you have Beasley, you have um, uh, Lance Stevenson, you have um, JaVale McGee, you have LeBron James, you have uh, Kuzma, you have Ingram, you have all these guys that need the ball in their hands or need to have touched the ball for them to be successful. Now, I think what's going what's gonna to be predicated on the first 20 games for me is how Luke Walton is going to coach this team. And defensively, if we're going to get LeBron back from 2010 or what he was, because to be a, an objective LeBron fan, he has diminished a lot on the defensive side. Father time is definitely uh, starting to show up for him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. He played better in the playoffs, but even LeBron, a focused LeBron in the playoffs, has lost a step, a half, at least a half a step defensively from what he was last year. It's now easier to blow by LeBron as it was last year. I mean, he can still recover really well, but people are starting to blow by him fairly well. You can exploit him from the perimeter because, you know, he's not, he's not, he's not, you know, giving proper gap um, between the ball and his hand to contest. And so you're able to, you're able to shoot over LeBron if you're a pretty good perimeter shooter. And the stars can definitely take a, a advantage of him now because. You know, he's not what he was in his Miami days and even in his early Cleveland stint um, defensively in the league, which was what was what made him the best player in the world. Now, obviously, what makes him still the best player in the world is he's a hell of, a, of an offensive piece. Not let's us ignore his defensive prowess. But I think now that he's with a team that is young, you're going to see LeBron start to play a little better defensively than last year. I don't think he's going to be. LeBron of Miami in 2010, because that LeBron, 2011, 2012, that LeBron was on a mission and defensively was the guy could, could you know, lock somebody up one-on-one. Um, I think that, you know, guys like KD and Steph Curry have kind of, you know, hurt LeBron's pride defensively. And so he's not taking those assignments on as he used to back in his heyday. But ultimately, I think that this LeBron-led team is going to have some questions early on. They're going to struggle. So I do have them being like 51, a 51 win team because I think guys like Kuzma, guys like Ingram, guys, uh, vets like uh, Rondo, Beasley, uh, Stevenson, McGee, uh, Pope, those guys will be enough to, to help the young guys out during the season and be able to, um, you know, really help this team uh, be what it's supposed to be. And that's the Showtime Lakers. I think 51, 51 wins is pretty nice. There'll be a game better than the Jazz, but it'll be battling between being a fourth or fifth seed. Um, I think they're going to, you know, clean house of the East, except for some of its elite teams like the Celtics. I have them splitting. Um, the Toronto Raptors, they'll split. Um, I think that <clears throat> teams like the Pacers, um, they'll have a hard time with because they're more together. It has to do with togetherness and it has to do with chemistry. It has nothing to do with talent because the Lakers clearly have that. Um, they And for those saying that they don't have shooters, you have Pope, you have Kuzma, you have um, Hart, Josh Hart. That's another weapon that I didn't mention. Um, they have this kid, Savai, who was, who was a very good three-point shooter in the um, in the summer league. So they definitely have shooters. They definitely can play a style that I think uh, can get everybody involved, which means that LeBron's numbers won't be as high as they were a year ago. 
Um, but in the early season, LeBron is going to be trying to carry, and just the fact that the matter is he's a year older, and you, and you fear injury. And I think that's why ultimately LeBron chose to go to the Lakers because, you know, he doesn't have to carry or do all as much on offense. So I expect to see the intensity on defense back in his repertoire. But I think this team is, has the ability to be a 51 to 52 win team this year with some with a handful of losses. They're going to struggle. So when they do struggle. Laker fans, basketball fans, like we've seen this show before where LeBron has a month where his losing win total is about even at 50% or something crazy like that. So if they Google like 12 and 11, like let's not panic. This is LeBron James. This is a team that has very capable players. This is a coach, in my opinion, um, that under even under Steve Kerr, and they say that's fool's goal because he had, he had um, excuse me, he had, Steph Curry, he had uh, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. You know, Luke Walton can coach a little bit, and I think that he's going to be able to, he's going to be able to show it this year. And the fact that I think to me, if they don't have a good year, I think that Luke Walton will be out. And I think because Luke Walton understands that, and or he gets the 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 uh, feeling that that will happen, he will play well this year with the team that they have. So I think 51-52 wins is around the ballpark of what. The Los Angeles Lakers will be at your fourth seed. And that's not a stretch. That's a compliment to LeBron. He was the fourth seed last year with nothing. And a, and a, and a pretty interesting Eastern Conference Finals during the season. And he's a fourth seed with a pretty decent cast and a very tough conference in the West. He'll go down as pretty much the GOAT in that right because of the fact that he's been able to pretty much get the same, the same consistent um, results in both conferences uh, with with similar teams. So I have them going about 51 to 52 team, uh, wins next year. They'll be your fourth seed. So with the third seed, I think the Oklahoma City Thunder will get the third seed. They will be at 53 to 54 wins. Like I said earlier, with the addition of Robinson and Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder coming back, and the fact that PG-13 and <clears throat> Westbrook are in the lineup, at least for the regular season. I have these guys being really, really good because of Schroeder. I have these guys being really, really good because of the addition of Robinson. They're going to now be a defensive team again, which was their identity because Westbrook is a capable defender. PG-13 is a capable defender. Steven Adams is a capable defender. Um, And uh, Robinson is a capable defender. Now that you add guys like Schroeder in there, Schroeder can be what James Harden was coming off the bench. And if they get that type of production, I think this team can be really, really scary. Um, I think they can definitely be the top tier t- tier t- end of the uh, of the of the Western Conference fi- uh, of the Western Conference. And they're also they can give Golden State some problems because Demarcus Cousins is not coming back until February at the earliest, or March at the March near near the end of March at the latest. So. These earlier matchups that they meet up against the um, against the top tier teams like Houston and uh, Golden State, I think that <clears throat> I think ultimately they will result in some early wins, even some shocker upsets, because this team is built and constructed for the poor playoff run uh, with Dennis Schroeder and some other folks that they have added to that team. Um, I think that you're going to see a very capable OKC team that will at least get to the second round this year. Uh, based off the fact that, you know, <laughs> they're a well-put-together uh, team that should be able to get them to the next round, at least. Now, I think they're a star away from getting to the finals. or they're, They are a um, more uh, 
capable Westbrook um, in a sense of knowing when to pass and knowing when to, um, you know, really be aggressive. Having that knowledge, if he takes another step in that IQ, I think that Russell Westbrook will be uh, a better asset and he can possibly leave that team to the finals. But it's all predicated on how how much better Westbrook has got with his decision making as the point guard and how much better he, he's gotten on the perimeter. Because if he still can't shoot shots consistently as he's supposed to do, which he said his focus this offseason is three-point shooting, then this team will be in trouble. So I have them being about 53 to 54 one team, honestly, and I think that'll be enough to get them the third seed. For your second seed, I have the Houston Rockets being a second seed. I think they're going to take a step back because with the loss of Mba Mute and Riza, that hurts this team in depth, especially defensive depth. Um, I think you're going to see them get exposed a lot, but they'll still have, they still have you know guys like Chris Paul, uh, James Harden, and the addition of um, my man Melo uh, will help. Melo is going to be a lot better because Chris Paul understands what he needs to do to use him effectively. And because he has that knowledge that Westbrook clearly didn't have to be able to properly utilize a guy like Melo in the offense they run, which is a more up-tempo offense, I think that they'll he'll be able to slow it down more. I think he'll be able to uh, ISO more effectively in the post because all you really got to do if you're if you're mellow you need a basket is give mellow the ball in the post and let him work and i think because of that and because of the fact that this team will have more confidence in mellow than okc did throughout the season and heading into the playoffs i think that uh mellow will somewhat revive his career and give you about 12 to 15 points which is pretty good offensively now we do have questions about what he can do defensively and i think that's to be seen that's why i have this team taking a step back from last year because if he is your starter um he doesn't match up well against a lot of small fours or power forwards on the front line um in the western conference and i think that's a that's going to be an area where a lot of teams will exploit the houston rockets because if james harden has one of his cold nights and chris paul is the only one giving you something or if mellow's shot is not hitting in the post then this team can become very vulnerable and with a team that likes to shoot a lot of perimeter shots if they're not on then they're a team that can be day and night in terms of their production and i don't think that's going to ultimately win them a championship but i think that's enough to at least get them to the second round possibly even the conference finals but We'll see because it's all on the production of Melo and it's all on the consistency of James Harden and Chris Paul if he can stay healthy this season and be durable, which he has yet to show since he's gotten his money. But we'll see if he can if he if he can stay healthy because I would like to see Chris Paul win a ring, but it's all predicated on his health. It's all predicated on a lot of a lot being being healthy at the right time and just having a little bit of luck in your favor in the NBA. So I do have that happening. I have this team being about a 55 to 56 win team. Slight um, regression from last year, but that's just given from what I, from uh, the facts that I've given you regarding the, the, the individuals they lost defensively. I thought they were a better cohesive team than last year. And even with the addition of Clint Capella coming back, which gives you somewhat win protector, he's not a KD, uh, he's not a DeMarcus Cousins, and he's just not better than the Golden State Warriors. So your first seed to have the Golden State Warriors, um, I have this team being maybe a 60-win team next year. Um, they're going to be a, a win better than they were last year. Uh, I think you're going to see you know, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, uh, KD, Draymond Green. You're going to see those guys kind of take some games off because they're not playing for the regular season anymore. They're playing 
for championships. They're playing for their dynasty. They're playing to defend uh, Oracle. They're playing for all that stuff. And because of that, they're going to lose some games where it's going to make us feel like, oh, they got a chance to get beat. But like I said, this team is built for the playoffs. With the addition of DeMarcus Cousins, this team is going to be damn near unstoppable in the playoffs if it gels correctly. Um, But they do also have the ability to have some uh, locker room problems because you have personalities like Draymond Green. And if you've heard the reports, Draymond Green and, and uh, Steve Kerr have, but, have been butting heads the last couple of years in terms of coaching decisions and in terms of uh, how the team is, is supposed to be ran. Steph Curry's even gone on record saying that sometimes it's like watching mom and dad argue and it's like you want to say that both people are right, which he really does. But this is the stuff that David Rest was referencing when he said that this season was the hardest he's had with his team and they've been a lot, they've had a lot of off the court stuff happen. So my question is, will that be able to con- be controlled with a guy who has a reputation of being t- getting technicals and getting kicked out and also being a locker room toxic machine to Marcus Cousins? Because as great as he is, that's the reputation he carries from Sacramento and New Orleans, uh, which ultimately uh, gave him the boot from New Orleans, according to Anthony Davis and reports about him. So will this team shape up to be what happened to the Lakers with them having so much potential but getting an upset in the playoffs is definitely possible i do have them going back to the championship but in my opinion i do think that not talent wise but chemistry wise i do think they take a step back with the addition of demarcus cousins because even though they say demarcus cousins says he just wants to come back and be a part of the system i think if he doesn't get his touches i think that if he um if he's not as good as he's supposed to be on defense He's going to have some problems because you have personalities like KD and Draymond Green that don't tolerate incompetence on the defensive side of the ball. And Draymond Green, excuse me, Draymond Green and DeMarcus Cousins, their relationship is going to be pretty interesting uh, because they're they're very vocal guys and they're guys that don't stand for anything less than winning. So we're going to see how this stacks up, but I do have them being a 61 team next year. To be honest with you, I have my reservations about them being the championship favorite because I do think that the Boston Celtics do have a case this upcoming year for why they could possibly knock off the Golden State Warriors. I'll do a separate podcast about that, but that's my prediction. I have the, uh, again, I have the Denver Nuggets and as your eighth seed. Sorry, I gotta go back, y'all. So I have the Denver Nuggets as your eighth seed. I have... All right, I have the Denver Nuggets at your eighth seed. Seventh seed, I have the... I should have wrote this down. <laughs> but I, I think I said the San Antonio Spurs. I might I might not have, but um, I think I have the Portland Trailblazers, and then I had the Utah Jazz, and then I had... Um, now, I had the San Antonio Spurs. I think I, I just missed them. I didn't mention them, but I had them being the uh, the uh, around the sixth or the fifth seed, one of those two. And then I had LeBron and the Lakers at the fourth, LKC at the third, uh, Houston at the second, and the Golden State Warriors at the first seed at 59 or 60 wins next year um, as your defending champions in your first seed. So that's my Western Conference prediction next year. Tell me what you think. Let me know. Uh, you know, because I, I think the West is going to be pretty entertaining 
even from one to ten spots, it's really it's literally going to be maybe a game, a game and a half, a tiebreaker here and there that could determine whether um, you know these teams get into the playoffs or not. So I think because of that and what it was last year with having a three-way tie from fifth to seventh seed, um, I, and even in the AFC, I mean the Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, the Minnesota Timberwolves win one or two games here and there. They're they're pretty much the third seed in the West. So I think it's going to be the same, similar to what it was this year. I think you're going to see a lot of different uh, buildup, especially in the regular season. We know that Golden State is going to be Golden State in the regular season, but there's going to be a lot more animosity happening between Houston, OKC, and the Lakers, in my opinion. Even the Jazz will be in that mix because of how good they are and, and the potential they have with their new pick. And uh, Snyder's ability to get that team and camaraderie shipped together enough to be able to contend with anybody in the West and in the East. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what these guys stack up. But that's my prediction for the 2018-2019 season for the Western Conference Finals and for the Western Conference Playoffs. Let me know what you think. This has been your boy, DJ94. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. I will be back later to talk about the AFC South, so look for that. Otherwise, see you. Peace out. More power to you. I'm about to head, uh, get some rest and head off to work. But I will have that video for you all later. As usual, see you next time.